How's it going, friends? Welcome to another episode of The Genius Life. I'm your host, Max Lugavier, a filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Genius Foods. On this episode of the show, I'm super excited to welcome back for the third time, my dear friend, Aaron Alexander. Aaron is a pioneering manual therapist and movement coach with over 16 years of professional experience, whose clients range from A-list Hollywood celebrities to professional athletes and everybody in between. Over the past five years, Aaron has interviewed over 300 of the world's preeminent thought leaders on physical and psychological well-being on the top-rated Align podcast, bringing together a variety of diverse perspectives on physical inhabitants. But on this episode of The Genius Life, I'm super excited to help Aaron welcome to the world his first book, The Align Method, Five Movement Principles for a Stronger Body, Sharper Mind, and Stress-Proof Life. Over the course of the next hour, Aaron and I are going to discuss a myriad of topics, including how your environment can shape your thoughts, as well as why you really ought to spend more time on the floor. We're going to talk about all the many ways to integrate various aspects of your movement into your life. And Aaron is going to share a number of invaluable hacks that you can use to live with greater alignment. So this is going to be a very important episode to listen to. And one of my favorite things about talking to Aaron is that he's so articulate. He knows the topic so well, like the back of his hand. But there's always a sort of undertone of, of some sort of existential um, yearning going on. And so this episode is going to at once enlighten you, but it's also going to enliven you. I can't wait for you to listen to it. But before we get to it, guys, please give a um, some of your attention to the sponsor of this episode of the show, and that is Perfect Keto. Perfect Keto makes a line of products that are designed to fit nicely within your ketogenic or not ketogenic lifestyle. Their products are all devoid of uh, grains and starches and excessive amounts of carbohydrates and sugar and things like that, which obviously, if you're going to be on a ketogenic diet, you want to avoid those things. But generally, they take great care into constructing their many products with the highest quality of ingredients, like their whey protein powder, which uses 100% uh, whey isolate from grass-fed cows, or their trail mix and their chocolate-covered nuts, which um, aren't going to taste like the trail mix and the chocolate-covered nuts that you get in your supermarkets because those are loaded with unhealthy emulsifiers and uh, sweeteners and the like. These are all designed to not mess with your blood sugar too much, to be palatable, but not hyper palatable to the, to the point of overconsumption. And so I always am carrying a bag of their uh, trail mix in my backpack. I have it around the kitchen in case I get a snack attack. Um, if you want to check out anything that Perfect Keto makes, all you got to do is go to perfectketo.com slash geniuslife20 or use promo code geniuslife20 and you're going to get to save 20% off of an order of $40 or more. Again, that's perfectketo.com slash geniuslife20 or use promo code GeniusLife20 and you'll get to save 20% off of an order of $40 or more. That's good money, people. And as my grandma always used to say, a penny saved is a penny earned. Now, guys, we're just seconds away from my chat with Mr. Aaron Alexander, one of my favorite guys in the health and wellness space. We always just have a blast whenever we get together and talk about health and wellness and our where our philosophies overlap, where they diverge, although they don't really diverge that much. But I learned, I've learned a lot from him over the course of our friendship and you're gonna learn a lot from him over the course of this next episode. But before we get to it, please guys, take a moment to support The Genius Life. You can do that in one of two ways. You can leave a rating and review for the show on iTunes. I pay attention to every single review that you guys write, like this one from KG, who wrote, I love that I learned so much in each episode. Max is a lovely open host who always asks great questions and has a very open mind and energy that can be felt through the podcast. Okay, I am touched that you took a moment out of your day to write that. And I just want to acknowledge you and say thank you. And to all you guys out there who've written reviews, I see you, I hear you, and I appreciate it. And I am always trying to improve the genius life. And so um, even when you leave not so great reviews, I listen to those too. 
you guys. So again, go to iTunes or wherever you are listening to the podcast and uh, leave a rating or review, and I would very much appreciate that. And the second way that you can support The Genius Life is by joining my newsletter. It's as simple as that. Go to maxlugavere.com, sign up, leave your first and last name, and uh, we'll be in touch. I never spam. I don't give your email addresses away to anybody, I swear. And I also, yeah, you guys can opt out at any time. So there's nothing to lose, lots to gain, like exclusive discounts, products that I'm super excited about, or science that I think you ought to know about. I'm never gonna shove anything down your throat, and all my emails are written to be uh, quick and concise and to the point, and yet offer value to your life in uh, at least one significant way, each email. So again, maxlugavere.com, I would appreciate that. And now, without further ado, I can't wait to get to this chat with Aaron to celebrate the launch of his new book, the Align Method, Five Movement Principles for a Stronger Body, Sharper Mind, and Stress-Proof Life. All right, here we go. We're in. What's Drop going it. on? Oh, man. Just Did showing you, you videos. Yeah, I like it. Of uh, community connection moments. Yeah, boy. Dude, you're n this is your number three. Numero trace. Lucky number three. El Treso. Aaron Alexander back on the show Dude, I'm so excited to have you here and to celebrate the launch of your book. I appreciate that. The Align Method, Five Movement Principles for a Stronger Body, Sharper Mind, and Stress-Proof Life. I'm so happy for you, man. Thank you. This is beautiful. I appreciate it. And I think so important. I mean, I've learned a lot from you just over the course of our friendship thus far about the value of getting low. And I know that that's a big... Uh, that's a big point that you drive home in the book. It's the, the value of getting low, sitting on the floor. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Yeah. Talk yeah. to me about that. Um, well, so it is, I mean, lots of things. One, I was going to make a silly joke about twerking, but I'm just going <laughs> to refrain from doing that and talk about the, the science of getting low. Um, it's important, man. It's where we come from. You know, like if you look at babies, like even in, even in developmental stages, like as a fetus, you'll actually see little facet joints, which are like these little slidey plates on the edge of their tibia, on the mm -hmm. ankle, to set that child up to be able to go through a, a deep squat, like a third world squat position. You know, so it's a part of your physiology since before you're walking, like your DNA setting you up to be able to go through that full range of motion. Um, you know, and then culturally, we've kind of started to, to drift away from our full range all the way up to standing and all the way back down on the ground. Uh, and back up again. What that is, it literally it's, it circulates your lymphatic fluid, which is really important to be able to move and circulate that stuff. If you don't, contract your muscles and compress your tissues of your lower body, which spending time on the ground does, that stuff just kind of pulls up. Hmm. you know. And so uh, there's that. There's the mobility of the knees and the ankles and the hips. Cultures that end up spending more time on the ground, they have minimal to no instance of osteoarthritis of the hips, really low instance of that of the knees. Uh, pelvic floor dysfunction is less. Fall risk just becomes a non-issue. You know, so that's number one leading reason for elderly needing assisted living is they fall and they can't get up. Hmm. You know, what that is is we there's been a, a chasm that gets created between your hips going down to that 90 degrees sitting on the chair and the bus and the plane and your office seat and your lazy boy and, you know, everything. Yeah. Since you're in a stroller as a baby, essentially, and then a car seat. Um, and so we lose that space, that little like three foot range of motion of going all the way up and down. And then eventually that space becomes, you know, the, the death of us in a sense. We have no mo mobil mobility there, basically. That's super interesting. We, 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 
we get so used to like the sitting position, you know, the sitting, the movement, yeah. you know, into a seat. But then below that, we just it's have going, no. It's blank space. Yeah, it's a blank space. It's a blank space. So, so that blank space, it's like you can think of like a motocross ride or like an evil Knievel, like jumping a gap. You know, and so it's like, I'm tr- oh, cool, he's going to jump 200 feet. You know, it's like, oh, that sounds pretty freaking scary. You know, and that gap is if you don't go through that full range of motion and drop your hips like they're hot all <laughs> the way down to the ground, then that evil Knievel motorcycle jump gets longer and longer and longer until you're like, oh, I can't make that gap. And now I fall and I can't get up becomes a serious risk. You know, so... That's just like one kind of more of like the, 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 the perils, more looking at it from like a fire and brimstone perspective, which is completely legit. I think it's valuable to look at that. Yeah. Um, but then there's also, it's just good for digestion. You know, so sitting on the ground, which is what you've done since ever while you're eating some food, um, your legs are closer up to your heart, which makes it easier for your cardiovascular function. Hmm. You know, so if you've ever injured your ankle, for example, rolled your ankle and it's like, oh, it's kind of inflamed. What does the doctor or the PT tell you? Say, oh, like, okay, go home, get your legs up above your heart. Hmm. I don't care what you do, just get your legs up above your heart. They wouldn't ever say, go home and stand in front of your standing desk. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and just stand and let all of that fluid just pull up in your lower compartments. Yeah. Because your heart is, you know, five feet up above that point. Mm -hmm. Instead, go home, spend some time, get in a straddle position, 90-90 position, sukhasana, you know, crisscross applesauce. Move, twist, lay on your belly, lay on your side. You know, so I describe them as, as uh, postures of repose. You know, so it's like the opposite side of the coin of your fitness is your passive healing experience when you're just hanging out watching Netflix or staring at Instagram or petting your puppy. All of those positions are just as valuable to your fitness and your well-being than the actual lifting of the dumbbells and running of the treadmills. Dude, I can't tell you how much I love this. Okay. It's, yeah. No, I do because, I mean, that's one of the things. Since, since becoming friends with you, I've kind of like re-architected my, my little apartment here. I mean, which you've noticed. As soon as you walked in, I have a new standing desk. I love it. Yeah. And I'm shitting on standing desks, but I, I think they're great. And I think that stand, be on the ground, like it's just more ranges yeah. of motion is what we need. Yeah. No. I mean, uh, yeah. Before I think what I took your implication to be as like, uh, you know, it's relevance towards healing, you know, like a joint or whatever. And even, and even just standing statically, you can be stagnant Correct. and sedentary while standing. So standing is not a cure-all, but it's, uh, you know, I also have this ergo-driven mat, which I got from you. Yeah, I got one of those too. Yeah, no affili- yeah I got it in my kitchen. No affiliation with the company, but this is a, a game changer. So I have this under my standing desk, which right. is like a, it's like a soft mat that has like these ridges and valleys. What are the benefits of, of that? I mean, I could... Yeah, you know. all sorts of things. So one, uh, just to go in like the, the really wild, crazy end of the spectrum, there's been interesting research that associates... Uh, various different cognitive dysfunction with a lack of range of motion of the ankles. So there's one study you can pull up on PubMed where they they correlate it to actual incidents of schizophrenia. Wow. Because going through, if the ankle is stuck in that one, you know, in this this case, plantar flexed range of motion, and throughout the day, you're not able to be able to pump and circulate those joints with regularity, uh, your brain isn't this isolated, I mean, you know this better than almost anybody, your brain isn't this isolated organ inside of a vacuum, you know, between your ears, like your brain, it is your visceral system. It is your ankles. It is your movement. It is the, you know, when you grab a partner and dance and, you know, all of that, like that is your brain. 
you know, there's a, there's the, I think we talked about this. There was a, I think it was a study in Albert Einstein College. I think it's what the college was called. And they, they were measuring different um, activities to see how the, the effect would be with cognitive dysfunction. And they found that dance was one of the best things that a person could do. Hmm. You know, find a partner, crank some music up, and coordinate your movement to that sound and have that social engagement with another person. And your brain goes, yeah. you know, it's this lightning storm. You know, and so a similar thing, if you shut down range of motion, in this case with the ankle, um, that's the function, that pumping of that ankle, um, it's tied to what's called the dopaminergic system in the brain. So the production of dopamine, um, amongst other things. And so when you're shutting that down, you're literally shutting down a part of not just your, your walking function, but literally your, your thought function, your life. Wow. Pretty it's, fascinating. It's amazing. Yeah. And I think the value of dance is crucial. I actually like try to dance. I mean, dance is a, you know, maybe an overstatement, but I try to kind of move more fluidly to music cool. when I'm like alone in my apartment, because I guess it's similar to me as like a, it's the difference between using free weights and a Smith machine. Like if all the movements that we're doing over the course of the day are really like rigid and along like one sort of, lin you know, axis of linear, you know, yeah. linearity. I don't know if that's a word, but I like linear. It sounded, <laughs> yeah. sounded French, <laughs> but, but no, it just, it makes total sense that, um, that moving in a more playful, fluid, uh, you know, kind of way. Yeah. Like water almost is going to benefit all kinds of like little muscles help move around synovial and fluid. Your, yeah. And, and your thoughts. You yeah. Know, so, so moving fluidly, um, there's been more research that, that, connects or correlates moving fluidly with more creativity hmm. you know and so sitting in sitting in place is helpful with convergent thinking so essentially like you're filling out a scantron accessing thoughts that you already have um, but then walking and moving and dancing and kind of allowing your brain i would say brain body brain you know integrating those those words because hmm. i think it's there's no separation uh, if your brain body is moving in a fluid dynamic creative way all of a sudden it assists with that divergent thought process. So going outside of the box thinking. And so if you are doing something where you need to be kind of creative, you know, we were talking about before of like being, you know, the, the amazing gift of an opportunity for a publisher to pay you money to go and back to your apartment and create art for a year. It's like, it's like, whoa, cool. Like, it's just such a beautiful opportunity. And within that, it's like, okay, well, I need to come up with something original. You know, I want to come up with something that's like colorful and creative and hasn't been done. And the way that you do that, you know, so says neuroscience, perhaps there's, there's exceptions to this rule, wouldn't be necessarily to just kind of like stuff yourself up and hunch over and stare at a computer. You know, you're going to get those ideas when you go out for a walk in the woods and you go to that dance thing and all of a sudden, wow, you connect the way that that person moves and it's, oh, it's kind of like the nutritional thing and like these ideas start, oh, I got to write that down. Oh, I got to go home and get this down. You know, but if we're always just stuck and kind of staring at the screen, um, which is what our educational system kind of teaches us, you know, so we're just keep on stuffing that information in, stuffing that information in as opposed to doing something that's maybe a little bit more like a, like a Pomodoro technique. Yeah. It'd be a valuable thing. Like, do high concentrated work for 25 minutes, then take a break and take a walk and consolidate those thoughts with movement and then come back, concentrated work. Anyways, I'm kind of just spinning out. No, I think it's totally, um, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Novel, 
it makes a lot of sense to me that novel environments would inspire novel thoughts yep. and that a stagnant environment would inspire stagnant thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. Like the furniture doesn't ever change, right? I think a, one of my favorite authors, Elaine de Botton, wrote a book on this. It was called, I think it was called The Art of Travel. And it was about the, the virtues of travel and how sometimes we need to leave our comfort zone, you know, yep. to leave our cognitive comfort zone, our psychological comfort zone, you know, yeah. because our, our spaces shape our thoughts in many ways. I mean, we, they've done studies where they found that food tastes differently depending on the color of the vessel from which that food is consumed, you know, food tastes differently or, or a drink will taste differently, whether or not the mug is orange or black or brown. Um, you know, we eat more or less depending on the size of the plate. That's clear. Our thoughts change depending on the furniture that we're sitting near. There was a great um, study that came out a couple of years ago. I actually wrote about it for Psychology Today because I thought it was so interesting. That by sitting on, they found that people that were sitting at wobbly at a wobbly table, their whole value system changed. <laughs> um, and they started to apply feelings of emotional instability to photos of celebrity couples. Like people, it was a randomized trial wow. where they found that people who were sitting at a wobbly table were more inclined to judge that a celebrity couple were going to break up, you know, yep. as opposed to like when they were sitting at a solid table, they tended to value more like stability and they, and they tended to project those feelings as well. So, I mean, yeah, everything that you're saying. Yeah, so there's lots of other, other research in that same realm of one, you've probably heard of like the clipboard study where if you're holding a heavy clipboard while you're interviewing somebody, like a nice, weighty, thick, strong, it's like made out of mahogany. You're like, wow, man, this person's really got their shit together. Hmm. You know, and you're looking at the resume and you can feel like the solidity of their resume. You know, that's why it's a potentially a value for a person to invest. Now, I don't think anybody uses business cards, at least not like my, my sphere. Um, but to invest in that weightier business card, because when you give it, it's like, oh, wow, Max Lugaver is like a <laughs> thick, like, wow, he's a supportive <laughs> fella. You know, there's this, there's other research around that as well with, with uh, when people were uh, given ice water versus like warm tea. When you're holding an ice water and having a conversation with somebody, uh, you will perceive the tendency to perceive them as a little bit more like colder and stand off. And, but all of a sudden you crank the heat up and throw them in a sauna and give them some tea. You know, people are like, I'd throw maybe some like some fluffy pillows around and have like soft clothing. And, you know, that's what you do. Anytime you go to a, when you're going to a party, you're really curating the experience for people. And so that's why it's so important. Like, okay, what kind of food are we going to put out? What's the lighting like? You know, what's the, who, what type of people do we come here? Are we going to be wearing suits and tuxedos? Because that'll be a certain, that will affect the thoughts and feelings of the people in the room. Hmm. Let's do a pajama party. Wow, that'll change the whole dynamic. People will have different conversations. People will connect in different ways. You know, so then you take all of that and say like, okay, you know, when you go into a stagnant environment, to use that same language, is your brain essentially caches this information. You're know, like looking around your room, in your apartment, like your brain, like you could close your eyes and navigate this. Yeah. So you don't really need to expend any energy, you know, in, in the sense of it's almost like exercise. When you go into a new environment, like walk through the woods and there's, you know, wow, you know, there's a, a deer walking by and a bear and a bird came through and leaves are falling and the light is, you know, sprinkling off of the, <laughs> the river. You know, you're like, your brain's going, tuk, 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 tuk. it's going, it's like that dance with a partner. But instead of the partner being a, a human being, the partner is your environment. Hmm. 
You know, so your body needs to coordinate and adapt to that experience, which makes you a more intelligent, robust organism. Yeah. You know, and so when you go out into that environment, um, you know, you, you literally, you know, you, you become, you're like Wata. You, know, you, <laughs> you are. You become the environment, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so true. It's so true. So how can we live our lives in, you know, with greater alignment? I mean, you've got so many tips in this book. It's such a wonderful tome and resource for people. I'm so, that, I'm so excited for it. Um, but yeah, like give us, give us some tips. I mean, one of the things that I see right away is like, you know, that you should make the floor more inviting. Yeah. Um, so how can we do that? Let's talk about like the living room. Let's yeah. like go well, maybe so, room so by one, room, like living so room, one, bedroom, So the way the, book's, the way the book's breaking down, um, the first section is four sections. The first section, first chapter is called Posture and Personality. And it gets into how your physical movement is a representation of the way that you think, the way that you feel. Wow. And you can, your thoughts and feelings and talk therapy and environmental changes and all that stuff will respond back and actually uh, can change your postural patterns. And vice versa, if you change your postural patterns, i.e. you start maybe doing CrossFit instead of ballet, your personality, if you do CrossFit long enough instead of ballet, will start to kind of shift. Hmm. You know, and so the first part of the book just gets into how our, our physical movement and thoughts, feelings, emotions, all that stuff, it's, it's like two ends of the same rope. Hmm. Um, and then the second section gets into the five movement principles, which, which spending... Uh, time on the ground each day as a part of that there's you know there's four others we can talk about yeah um and then the third section is your environment you know so your home office travel breaking down how you can make it so that when you are on that airplane or when you are at your office it's actually making you a better person just by being there um, and then the last part is kind of my favorite part to have written um is called moving your senses and it's all about how what I think is kind of one of like the, the forgotten aspects of our fitness that I think is kind of the foundation is the way that, you know, sounds affect your physiology, the way that your vision affects your physiology, which is huge because we're so chronically staring right up close up into these screens. <laughs> and then we're not in that screen. We go out into the panoramic vision of staring into our wall that's five feet away. Yeah. You know, and that again, speaking of how that affects you, you know, your environment changes you. If you're nearsighted all the time, you know, there's like all the stuff of like myopia going through the roof, like all around the world, um, you know, but as well, it literally puts you into more of like a stressed state, hmm. you know, so when you are, say you're a hunter gatherer or an animal or anything, if you're focused, your vision's really myopic and whoo, you're focused in on a thing, it means it's time. It's like executive function go, you know, cortisol, fight, flight, not necessarily fight, flight in a bad way, but it's like, we got to get this shit done. And you see this with a dog. If a dog, you know, or a person, but you know, it's more regularly see it with a dog. You can see if a dog, if he starts staring at you, and there's a certain way that's like this focus that's like, uh-oh, <laughs> like this is a problem. Hmm. You know, but if his eyes go kind of glazy, <sighs> hmm. his eyes literally, they, they relax. You're like, okay, I can see his, the autonomic nervous system of this animal right now is chill. It's loving. It's like open to, to, to receiving. Hmm. But if it goes, it focuses up, then it's like, okay, something, something's off here. Hmm. You know, and so what your people are doing when they had a stressful day, which puts us more into that focused, contracted place, yeah. and they come back home into their apartment, they're closed in by those walls, and they say, well, I'm going to relax and just, you know, check out my Instagram notifications. Hmm. 
what you're doing is you're exacerbating from a visual perspective that stress state. Wow. So it will be of much greater value for you because every disease you can shake a stick at, stress is going to be one of the cornerstones of it. When you come back and you're kind of feeling like wound up from the day, don't look at your phone. Like put the phone on airplane mode, put it down and take a walk and look up at trees. Look up at the clouds, allow that sun to be exposed to your eyes, to your skin. Maybe pop your shirt off if it's like appropriate. You know, get that full, like bathe in sun. That's a real, like literally bathing in those photons. Mm. You know, and that, take your shoes off. You know, be able to get that foot massage, walk on rocks, walk on grass, get down on the ground, pet a puppy, play with a kid, take your body through that full range of motion, which will start to almost like massage out some of that stress that you've been housing in your body from sitting still all day. So good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I love you, man. Thanks. I love you. I, um, I spend a lot of time like when I'm at the gym and I'm, uh, you know, in between sets where I'm uh, checking my phone, I was inspired by my friends at Mind Pump. I think it, mm. this was started by Adam over there, but like the squat and scroll, like yeah. I, I actually don't know what they, you know, if this is what they're talking about, but I'm assuming it's like using your, like squatting, you know, like we're all checking our phones when we're at the gym in between sets, right? Why not do it from a squatting position? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what the, that's pretty much what the align method, that's what the book is, is like, how do we make it mm. so that our environment, cause it, it's, un, it's, it would be kind of asinine to suggest that all of the Western world burns their chairs and their couches and, you know, rips the roof off of their house and has sun coming down all day. And yeah, it'd be like, okay, we're, it's like too far. Like people aren't going to do that. Yeah. But what people can do is like you mentioned before is like maybe you, in your home, you get like a really comfortable rug. You know, and you throw some like floor pillows down and maybe you get like a foam roller, get a couple different like balls to kind of like roll around on and stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, get some fluffy stuff, like make it really comfortable, clean it up, yeah. you know, make it really inhabitable, kind of like you have over here right now. Tell, tell listeners like what I have right there. I've got all that. I've got the yoga mat. I've got a foam roller. You got roller. the align band. I've got the align band. You got, uh, yeah, I mean, so that's, a, this is, so these are all tools literally that I recommend in the, the second chapter of the book. I recommend certain tools. What is that thing so for? It's like, I think you roll block. your foot on it. It looks like a sex toy. But What's it, that? The little, yeah. little dual deal, deal dad? It's just, yeah. you know, whatever. It's just a couple balls is replicating like a couple of cross balls duct taped together got it um it's a sex toy i think right (laughs) anywho um that big black foam roller that's another sex toy they're good they're i mean (laughs) i i I roll on them i roll the hell out of my upper back get out some of those knots and like get them out yeah i do that all the time and what and another thing that i do so i have a couch obviously i'm not going to not have a couch but i actually most of the time i don't even sit on my couch i'm sitting on the floor with my back up against the couch. Right. Is that a line approved? Well, because you're a, yeah, that's exactly a line approved. Yeah, I mean, it's, you're, you're a healthy human being. I mean, most people that are, if you see them and they're really like bouncy, kind of like jubilant, excited, strong, put together people, they're naturally doing all these things. Mm. You know, so it, it's like, yeah, if you have a couch, if you put a, a, you bring a kid into here, the way that he sits on the couch or she sits on the couch, She's going to be on her side. She's going to have her feet sticking up. She's going to be laying on her belly. She's going to sit on the side of it. You know, so her filter, the, her perception of that tool called couch um, <laughs> is far different than a person that's kind of like calloused themselves into, okay, I see chair, I sit, 
and I kind of drop my shoulders forward and drop the head forward. And I kind of, oh, okay, I'm in the chair. You know, as you're doing that, that's just, that's a belief system of that's how, you know, you're supposed to culturally be inside of a chair. Yeah. You know, but there's a lot of different other ways that we can use a chair. I think a chair is, is really valuable as a, uh, actually as a, a desk. Hmm. You know, so that the chair, if you're like, oh man, I'm not going to get a floor seating set out. It's too much of a pain in the ass. I don't want to do that. So perfect. Well, you have your couch or have any chair in your house and then get yourself a floor cushion, raise your butt up. Your, your butt should be above the height of your knees if your hips are above the height of your knees, then that will set your pelvis and your sacrum and your lumbar spine up for stability, support. If you're always hunching forward like that, uh, if you were to load your spine from that position, it wouldn't be you know, so pretty. You know, so raise the butt up above your knees. That's like just that tip in and of itself is you know, worth listening to the whole podcast for. Like throughout your sitting days, even when you're on a chair, make sure the chair is high enough so that your butt is up above your knees and that you actually have some weight distributed down into your feet hmm. so you can keep your body integrate, integrated, yeah. oriented as you're in there. It's hard to stay, I feel like, sitting cross-legged on the floor with like an erect spine um, in a way that's not like I'm, I'm fully conscious of yeah. that, you know? You need to raise your butt up more. So right now as you're sitting down, yeah. uh, you see what your knees are maybe like an inch and a half above your hips. Yeah, so I got to raise my butt. You got to raise your butt. Okay. Yeah. So get these, throw these pillows underneath your butt right All now. All right, let's try this. Yeah, throw, throw that guy underneath. All right, guys, I'm throwing pillows underneath my throwing butt. Throwing them under there. So people listening, they can reach underneath and grab yeah. their butt cheeks because it's a nice thing to do anyway. And uh, yeah, it's much better. Uh huh. All yeah. right, so I've got two pillows under my butt. Yep, you can even go a little bit higher, but that's going to be much more comfortable. I can tell already. Got but it. you can literally go like another inch, and it'd be even better for you. Wow. But so for people listening, reach underneath right now. Grab your butt cheeks. If you're with somebody that you that you know and love and care about, you can grab their butt cheeks <laughs> and find your ish, they're called your sit bones, your ischial tuberosities. Pull those butt cheeks straight back behind you, and then you'll be kind of just on the front edge of those guys, which will set your spine up for stability, stack, alignment, support, all those things. I love it. And so you were saying that if you want to like work from this position, just put a chair right in front of you. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, it's like, we just need to augment our filter of how we perceive the world. I think it's important to, for one thing, like I was thinking, yes, put a chair in front. It's, a, it's the perfect height for a, a, a floor sitting desk mm. setup. Ideally get like a low coffee table or something like that. Um, you know, but I think with the, this whole filter of the world, like when you think the idea of play has become, and there's a chapter in there about play as well, uh, has become kind of something that we think of as like being like immature, childish, you know, it's like, oh, like I'm, I'm like, an, I do serious things. I'm, a, I'm in a serious relationship, you know, and so we kind of like take the, the fun and the joy out of our, our lives. I think that if you look at like a, you know, not to romanticize hunter gatherers or anything like that, but their work days are more, you know, as they're building a fire or building shelter or hunting an animal or doing these different things, it's almost more like there's it's a bunch of little micro games that they're doing. They're getting to play their environment. They're getting to play and connect with, the, with you know, nature and build tools and hunt an animal and you know, what we're doing is we're kind of losing that, that play component to our lifestyles. Um, and I think it's one of the most important things that we can do for, for again, cognitive function, um, general well-being is to, to how can we start to augment, it's like Viktor Frankl, you know, Man's Search for Meeting? Yeah. He said he's more like, a, like an optometrist. Like he's, he's changing people's perception of their 
experience. Hmm. You know, so how is it possible? These are a couple examples of how we can make our, our lives a little bit more playful. Uh, you know, but if you can go throughout the day and look at the world as a little bit more like, oh, I'm like, I'm playing this life game. You know, it's okay. I don't need to be so serious and uptight and my tie needs to be in the perfect position all the time. And, you know, it's okay to, you know, maybe I want to go hang out in the park for a little bit. Maybe I want to swing on a tree branch. Yeah. You know, that's some play in there. Well, like, you know, you and I, we are very lucky. We live in Southern California, right? I'm in West Hollywood. You're in Venice. We work atypical jobs. We're not stuck in an office for eight hours a day. You know, we don't have long commutes to work. You know, we don't have commutes to work for that matter. So like, I mean, I'm sure your book is loaded with tips for people, you know, to like integrate more play into their lives. But yeah, maybe if you can like kind of give us some of your, you know, top tips for like people that don't get to hang out in the park in the middle of the day, you yeah. know, like Ooh. we do. One, so one thing, like kind of like a pun, hang out, like get a pull-up bar for your home, for mm-hmm. your office, uh, throw it, you know, in any, any doorway that you pass through with regularity. And every time you do that, just give a little, a little swing on that pull-up bar. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, one, just put your arms up in that overhead position, which is something you'll do regularly in any like yoga class, for yeah. example. Uh, Olympic weightlifting, crossfitting, that you like arms are going up over your head. Right. Um, that's also associated to that, you know, that, that the power poses, which is like associated to accessing more feel good, positive memories. It's arguably potentially associated with uh, release of testosterone and cortisol, all the Amy Cuddy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it literally changes the, the structure of the shoulder girdle for you to be hanging off of a tree ranch or a pull up bar. You know, so when your shoulders are kind of chronically stuck in that rolled forward, that medial rotation, protraction, kind of hunchy forward position, um, it will, it almost like makes the body become like, uh, we can get like shackled in our own postural patterns. You know, so something like that kind of starts to unwind some of those shackles and decompress your spine and open up the space in between the ribs and open up the lungs, mm. you know, and, and literally starts to there's there's a whole book called uh shoulder pain question mark by a guy called dr john kirsch he was an orthopedic surgeon that was doing you know doing lots of shoulder surgeries and what he found with people that had shoulder pain is like oh what if we just do this this brachiating hanging thing breaking is just a fancy word for hang Hmm. um your shoulder girls are, are literally devised for hanging you know compared to like like uh Monkey bars is a misnomer. It'd be more like human bars or ape bars. Like our shoulders are more effective at hanging than any monkey's shoulders are. Wow. You know, we're literally like we're, we're built for this stuff, just like we're built for being on the ground, built for squatting. Um, you know, so adding in the book, I have a whole chapter of all the value and like how to do it and all that stuff. Um, I just recommend a minute and a half each day wow. for just a couple of weeks. And what people found in that John Kirsch shoulder pain book um, and hopefully in this one is that it would, uh, heal 90 odd percent of the, the patients that they would come in that were expecting shoulder surgery because of the pain, just that hanging protocol would actually take the pain away. Wow. It's pretty fascinating. That's amazing. Yeah. I do that pretty regularly. Great. Um, yeah. Hanging. Why do you do that? Um, well I do it, I mean, you know, for shoulder health, you know, which I, I just intuitively, feel that it's a good thing. And I, d- I like to lift weights. So I d- I'm doing a lot of like compressive, I feel like, you know, exercise in the gym. Um, and I also do it, uh, for my back. Like I have like these chronic low back issues. Mm. 
So I just kind of feel like it's a good decompressive thing to do. You yeah. Know? I feel like I got that from you the first time we met. We were hanging, right? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, wow, that works out. Yeah, there's also, um, you've probably heard of, of the the relationship of grip strength to cardiovascular health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you have low grip strength, it's like significant, it's a significant indicator that you have some type of cardiovascular issues down the line. Um, and that's not saying that what you should do is go out and buy like a grip strength tool yeah. and just start squeezing your hand. It's that the person that does those things that end up, ends up manifesting a strong, hearty grip yeah. are their gardening and they're climbing ladders or holding tree branches, or maybe they're rock climbing, or maybe they're grappling and pulling, or they're picking up heavy things off of the ground and they're doing like manual labor around their house. By doing those things, it literally, again, it's, it's movement is, is programmed uh, in our physiology to, to heal us at a cellular level. If we, if, we, if we outsource that to machines, our bodies start to degenerate. Yeah, it's so true. Sometimes I look at older people, like old people, you know, like senior citizens, and I'm like, they, you know, I, I, I think to myself, not in a non-judgmental way, but like how frail, you know, they look like frailty is such a thing in mm-hmm. old age. And I love the notion of anti-fragility, yeah. You know, I, f- I forget the, it was like an, an economist who coined the term. When Nassim, Nassim Taleb. Taleb, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the idea that, you know, like, you really want to be like a ro- as robust a human, an animal as possible. Yep. You know, so and you, you should be. You have that. I mean, that's your birthright. You're, yeah, you so should be entitled to that. It's like the difference between a, a, a complicated system and a complex system. A complicated system would be more like that of you know, a computer or a car, you know, it's like, oh, the carburetor's broken, you know, so okay, we'll fix the carburetor. Like, oh, the, the car has 150,000 miles on it. It's like, oh, it's getting, it's going down because it's for more of a complicated system like that. It's like, it doesn't get stronger from movement. It just slowly wears down. Whereas our bodies are literally the exact opposite of that. Mm. You know, our bodies, the more that we can integrate more like we were saying, like the nature, integrate interesting sounds into your home and, and integrate, you know, something that, you know, put like art up on your walls, put instruments in your house, you know? And so when, when guests come over, it's like, Hey, you guys want to play, <laughs> I'll play the drum. You play the shaker. We'll kind of like, just make some sound. We're like, uh, that'll make me uncomfortable, but yeah, let's try it. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden you, because you're more of this complex system, you running your 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 machine and and saying okay we're gonna we're gonna rev things up or we're gonna make this music it's gonna be challenging and be uncomfortable it doesn't burn you out it it makes you come alive you know it's the same thing with our our movement as we outsource our movement you know it's like the I always find it funny when cars you just press the button on your keychain or whatever for the back trunk to go up and you're just standing there beside the trunk like watching it take like <laughs> nine you're just like. Oh God, like I would have been done with this literally eight seconds ago. And I'm just standing there just watching, looking at my phone waiting for the fucking trunk to go up. I'm like, what are we doing? Like pull the trunk up. Yeah, <laughs> like, my, yeah my trunk does that. <laughs> yeah, so that, that pull the trunk up metaphor, there's so many opportunities for that throughout your daily life where we've devised this technology that so effectively outsources our movement, but we didn't realize at first that you know, the, the convenience of that takes away the opportunity for our bodies to heal because we need that expansion and contraction from all those various different ranges of motion and angles. As you're doing that, it's like, imagine if you went to get a massage and they just massaged like your, you know, your left shoulder and your right knee or something. It'd be like, 
you know, thanks for touching my left shoulder, my right knee. That's great. <laughs> but like, I really would love for you to like work on my hips and like my back and my, like, I, I kind of just want you to touch my whole body actually, you know? And so our movement function throughout the day is more like that massage therapist that is blind to most of the body hmm. and just focuses on a few specific points. But really your life is the massage therapist. Your life is the physical therapist. Your environment is always going through and massaging and exercising and moving your body unless you strip that away and you know pay technology to do it for you. And when you do that, that system will start to atrophy and break down because it's a complex system that thrives on activity. I love it. I do things throughout the day. I think that if people were observing me, I would look like a total weirdo. Right. Weird uh, is a good thing. Weird Old is a good English thing. word for uh, being in control of one's fate. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you two examples, and then I want you to like talk. Uh, give me some other ways that, that I can look even weirder. Yeah. But like, so <laughs> when I'm going up, I'll take the stairs whenever I can, yeah. and especially if I'm carrying something, I'll like take stairs, and I'll when I take the stairs, I make sure that my form. Um, when going up the stairs is really good. So I'll like push my butt out and I'll make sure that I'm like using my glutes, you know, awesome. I'll really like focus on my glutes as I'm like going upstairs. Yeah. And, uh, the other thing that I do is when I'm carrying shopping stuff, like rather than just like carrying groceries at my sides, I'll, um, you know, raise a hand overhead cool. and, uh, and carry the groceries like, you know, a few feet. I'm not talking That's about like amazing, walking, you know, man. whole blocks, but yeah, it feels really good. Like, You've got this sort of instability because you've got just one overhead and maybe the other, you know, if it's one bag, you've got one overhead and then no yeah. nothing in the other hand, or you've got maybe another bag in the other hand. And it kind of, uh, yeah, it works your core, your obliques, your yep. shoulder, everything. Well, so that's the way that your body uh, receives and processes fitness uh, the best is through those, those mini titrates of fitness throughout your whole life or your whole day. Mm. Um, there's a, a woman called Joan Vernicos that was like, she was the, one of the main researchers at NASA for health of the astronauts while they were in space. And what they found with their research was that the astronauts that were doing exactly what you're describing, little titrates of exercise throughout the day, uh, as opposed to backloading or frontloading it, i.e. like a CrossFit workout or something like that after you're like working just at an office cubicle all day and mm -hmm. then you just, you know, blow out a huge workout at, at, at 6 p.m. and then you go home and have dinner and do it all over again. <laughs> um, astronauts that do that go through this rapid aging process and their, you know, their bones end up becoming more brittle and their muscle gets replaced with fat and cognitive function declines and all this stuff because your body is kind of operates in a similar way of like, because everything, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. Everything kind of, they, there's very similar systems to, to it all. I think of like drinking water. You know, you wouldn't drink a gallon of water at 8 a.m. every morning and be like, cool, we're good. We're good <laughs> for the day. Right. It would, be, it would be very strange to do that. It wouldn't yeah. make any sense. You'd be like, no, man, it's just too much water. Right. You know, now I'm so thirsty. Right. You know, it's like, it's three o'clock. I need more water. Yeah. It's like, well, that's movement. That's literally the way that your body processes movement. You know, you give it little, it's the same thing with sunlight. You know, you don't want to bang out all your sunlight on some infrared whatever machine at 9 a.m. Be like, cool, we did it. It's like, no, 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 get that. You, you want to get the spectrum of light at sunrise and you want to get it at 10 a.m. You want to get it at noon and get it at two because it's a different, it's like a different uh, recipe or yeah. frequency of light. And your brain, need, your brain and your body need, needs all of it, similarly to the way that your brain and your body needs all the movement. So true. 
So what are some other things that we can do? And the bag thing, like, just to go back to that, because, you know, a, after I said that, I was like, yeah, using you can actually hold a bag in a way that it feels very much like a kettlebell. Mm-hmm. It is a kettlebell. Because it's, like, bottom-weighted. Well, that's the thing. So, so going back to the play and changing your filter, a kettlebell initially, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it started in Russia, it was, it was a tool for weighing... I forget what it was, what, the, what they were weighing. They're weighing something. But that was what the kettlebells initially were, was it was a scale. Oh, wow. And so, I'd, okay, I have 20 kilos, and I'd hang that on whatever those, like, old-school scales are called. Yeah. You know, like, you'd measure, you know, in, like, a, like a chemistry. What's, what's those scales called? Like, the balancing teeter scales? I have no idea. Anyways, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, kettlebell isn't an exercise tool. Kettlebell is a, a tool for, for measuring goods. Wow. You know, so literally exactly what we were saying before of like, okay, it's, it's the filter of how I perceive the world. Your grocery bag is the same exact story as the kettlebell. Hmm. You're like, Oh wow. This is like, it's not, it's, it's like a, it's like an exercise apparatus. It's like, yeah, right. Exactly. Everything is so cool. Hmm. I love this stuff. <laughs> no, I really do. I love it. I'm, I'm like sitting on the floor. I'm doing weird things with my grocery bags. I'm, uh, and you mentioned the other, the other one of the principles is is uh, doing more hip hinging in your daily life. Yes. So that's literally what you you mentioned as you were doing another one of the principles, which is walking more. So when you're going up the steps, you're paying attention to that hip hinge, getting length through the spine, activating those hips correctly. Uh, you're walking. Um, and then you come back and you're spending time on the ground. Uh, and then when you put the groceries up over your head, that's the hanging yep. chapter. Just get your arms up overhead. Uh, and the only last one that we haven't really touched on is, is breath. You know, so paying attention as you're doing that, uh, doing your damnedest to spend most of your time nose breathing uh, until you get up into the way we describe it there is like kind of get like fourth and fifth gear. Hmm of you know your endurance you know once you're if you're really huffing and puffing and you're, you're like max capacity yeah then it's totally appropriate and fine to start mouth breathing but if you're hanging out watching netflix eating popcorn breathing through your mouth uh it's problematic hmm. yeah. yeah i mean think about like your your dog or cat your dog you know or cat their mouths are closed yeah. unless they're winded yeah. yeah yeah there's very few animals i think maybe pigs very few animals in nature that will breathe through their mouth with any regularity. Wow. Yeah, almost ever almost every critter including humans are structured to breathe through their nose. And what are the what are the downsides or what are the what are the up, what are the benefits of breathing through your nose or the or the potential downsides of breathing through your mouth? Yeah, a bunch. One, um, it enriches the air, you know, so as it passes as passes through those intra intranasal passages hmm. uh, you're breathing that air up you're literally releasing more nitric oxide into your bloodstream which is something that people take like supplements for like no2 supplements or like beetroot or whatever um you know, so that's one thing it's like the difference between drinking some artesian spring water and like tap water hmm. like as it goes through that filtration system up through your nose it's literally like purifying that air to make it you know better for your body to be able to process uh, it slows the air down so it's going through uh, smaller passages obviously and what that does is it causes you to engage more of those diaphragmatic muscles you know so people can if you breathe through your mouth versus breathe through your nose and you're breathing through your nose it's really this you can feel those mu- those muscles around the ribs and the diaphragm really coming online, pulling, dropping, descending that diaphragm, pulling up in those lungs. You know, some, a, t- a thing that people can play with is put your hands behind your back. Breathe through your nose. And as you're doing that, if you can feel that breath going into your back, do it, do it again. 
And what you'll feel, I wonder if you, if you can feel it, if you focus your breath into that backside, it literally acts as like a tractioning mechanism for your lower back wow. and like a massage for your organs. You know, so you're doing, we're doing liver cleanses. I'm going to do, you know, it's like, have you tried manually moving your organs? Have you tried breathing in a way that literally massages them every, you know, however long a breath takes, every (laughs) 10 seconds, you're getting an organ massage. Wow. You know, instead of paying a visceral therapist, um, you know, you're driving across town to have somebody rub your belly, which very few people do that. But nonetheless, visceral manipulation is the whole practice or modality of, of manual therapy. That's amazing. Yeah. But you're your own visceral manual therapist. If you're breathing in an aligned fashion, aligned in like the literal translation of the word, like you're stacking up all of those parts so that all the all the organs can be able to get that movement. It's so great. The slow breathing probably also activates your parasympathetic nervous yeah. system, whereas uh, you know mouth breathing or breathing at an accelerated rate probably does the opposite. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. So it's so it's it's since the beginning of of your humanity, if you're <sighs> in that type of pattern it reminds me of like uh, what is that movie called sleepy hollow no what's the movie called where they're it was the first where they're they're like running through the woods blair witch project yeah you know what i'm saying they're like that's coming you know like that's like yeah we're all freaking out you know that's the sound that's how that sounds you know whereas blair witch project it wouldn't sell so well if they're running through the woods and it's yeah <laughs> different movie <laughs> it's a different mood <laughs> and so when you put yourself into that breathing pattern your breath is always it's always a one-to-one connection you're the way that a person breathes is the way that they're thinking the way that they're feeling you're literally watching their emotional state you know so if a person starts waking out and their their breath starts getting up into their shoulders it gets fast and rap- <sighs> you're like okay like we need to figure out some way to calm this situation down mm. you know so we can say, okay, cool, let's just work on your breath. Focus on your breath. Okay, calm down, calm down. You know, a person's going into shock or they panic. And so, okay, breathe in there. Okay, okay, long breath. Ooh, like really, okay, I want you to breathe out for nine seconds. Just breathe out for nine seconds. Okay. Okay. All of a sudden, the situation starts to calm down a little bit. You know, or you could tell them something or show them something that causes their mind to feel more calm and then all of a sudden the breath will follow. But it's two ends of the same rope. You affect the breath, you affect the mind. You affect the posture, you affect the mind. You affect the mind, you affect the posture. I, lo- I love that. Because we often tend to feel, I feel like we, you know, our thoughts, we feel defined by them, you know, and our thoughts so frequently influence our actions. You know, we're not feeling great, so we don't go to the gym. We don't complete yeah. the, you know, we don't study for the test that we know that we should be stu- studying for, completing the presentation or working on our dream project, whether it's like a, you know, uh, a career move or, you know, spending time on the relationship. But we can literally act ourselves into a new way of thinking mm-hmm. by doing these practices. Yeah, Tony Robbins calls it, I mean, I don't know if this is his analogy, but but like priming the pump, uh, which I've never done this, but but apparently in like old school water pumps in order to get water out of there you have to first put some water in to create like a hydraulic Mm. it's his analogy i'm not i'm not sure people that understand wells and (laughs) pumping mechanisms understand better than i do hey plumbers but for the sake (laughs) yeah 
they're like they're like well this guy's an asshole (laughs) no what the hell he's talking about with the pumps but nonetheless the idea just for the metaphor you know in order to be able to actually be able to pump that fluid that first you need to add a little bit to get it primed up yeah you know and so sometimes with if you are just you know crunched up in your couch and you're staring at your cell phone and you're you know eating some kind of sugary cookie thing that you don't really need and you know you're like oh man like how do i get out of this hole you know what you can do is you can prime the pump a little bit and maybe at first it might be awkward and uncomfortable but maybe put some music on and kind of like all right i'm gonna wiggle my hips a little bit yeah you know or like okay you know what i'm gonna like you know, maybe I'll put something funny on. I'm going to laugh. Maybe I'm going to force myself to smile just for a second. It's going to be so weird that I might almost actually find it kind of funny. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, wow, like this is, what am I so strict? I am a big goon. What am I sitting here all sad about? You know, and it's like we can slowly start to pull ourselves out of the situations. And I think within that, um, there's also value in allowing yourself to explore darkness and allowing yourself to explore being hunched over and feeling sad and like, you know, like, okay, if you're sad, like be like, do the shit out of sadness, you know, like do the shit out of that, that like, just roll yourself all the way in and go all the way into the bottom of it, you know, so that you can actually get whatever you needed to get out of that experience and you can naturally start to come out of it, you know? And so in doing, you know, I do rolfing and various different forms of manual therapy with people. And that's one of the, the techniques, I guess you could say, Sometimes it's actually taking people deeper into their pattern. So if there's some contracted muscle or or what have you, okay, cool. I'm going to contract that thing all the way in. I'm going to get you so contracted with that Hmm. that you don't want to be that. You don't want, you're like, oh my God, like I don't like this state at all. Hmm. I'm going to come out of here. You know, and so, and and it's also, if you're always trying to rip people out of that state of contraction, their alarm bells might go up and they might push you back. But if instead I say, you know what, like, I accept your sadness. I accept your anger. I accept you exactly for where you're at. It kind of starts to pull steam out of that that state. You know, so if you're ever having an argument with somebody, it was like Martin Luther King said something like, "If uh, what did he say? He said if if someone senses contempt, senses your contempt for them, you're never going to be able to have any like meaningful conversation. That's not what he said. He said something, paraphrasing something along those lines, but he's like, you need to love your enemy. Hmm. You know, if you come from a place of like, oh, okay, like you hate me, like, okay, like I can accept that, hmm. you know, oh, you're really mad. It's like, okay, cool. As opposed to be like, no, you're wrong. I'm going to change you. Then their alarm bells go up. So I think that there's, there's also, sometimes we can have like an avoidance of certain postural patterns and people like me can come off as though I'm suggesting that everybody has a stick up their ass hmm. all day and they do a fake smile and they, oh, that's not what I'm suggesting. I'm just offering people tools that's, that, so that they can be a little bit more intelligent with the way that they wield their, their movement patterns. Yeah. Dude, well, I mean, The Align Method, it's such a great book. I mean, genuinely, I think, like, all you guys listening, you got to pick it up. It's just packed with really cool tips. And it's got Aaron's buff body. What percent body fat are you? Do you know? Uh, like, I feel like you get... I you, haven't checked it since I was, like, 17 in obsessive bodybuilding. I yeah. think I'm probably... I don't know. Every every time I see you, you get, you get more jacked. <laughs> Not to bring the conversation down, <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, I love dude, it. your veins have veins popping out of them. Like, yeah, I don't amazing. know what that is. I think that's just a genetic thing. You think so? I don't think, and it's the T-shirt. Yeah, the T-shirt brings out the veins. 
you weren't even like I mean because I, I know you're you're not airbrushed at all. This is just like. I mean, I don't know. That, that photo, I mean, it's the cover of the book. They probably yeah. did something to it. I don't know. It looks great. <laughs> all, all you guys, support Aaron. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's really an amazing book. And I don't, you know, I mean, I have people want to talk about their books, but this is a book that I definitely think that you will appreciate having uh, on your coffee table, um, you know, in your collection, in your life. It's just uh, full of really actionable stuff. You've got, I mean, you cover travel, sleep. Yeah, it's essentially described as like the quintessential user's manual on operating your body in yeah. daily life. You know, so, it. so it's getting into all of the kind of like the 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 forgotten aspects of fitness. It's it's putting a spotlight on all of those. Hmm. Um, you know, so I think we have enough books on how to swing a kettlebell or do bicep curls or do pull ups, uh, and I do have the mechanic cool aspects in there mm -hmm. uh, but we also touch all those other parts so you know like we mentioned breathing and sound and senses and environment and like all that's a part of fitness and that's exactly what the book breaks down yeah and it's just like you're the perfect guy to write this because you're so articulate mm. you know like your metaphors and i just love listening to you talk huh. Yeah, you're Likewise. Just, yeah, you're just like you're... We should blow each other's smoke up each other's ass right now. <laughs> I'm always I'm always quite enamored by... Uh, yeah, same thing. It's interesting when you have friends that kind of have like they are... Like you've used the analogy of like superhero type type thing. That you're always sort of like... You know, they're like, oh yeah, my buddy Max, whatever. And then, yeah, the same thing. When you put on like your cape... <laughs> you go up on the Dr. Oz show or whatever. I'm like, God dang it. Like, Max holds it down. So it's good. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. It's really great. And I'm so excited for you, proud of you. It's amazing. Um, well, we're just about out of time. I got uh, one last question for you. But before we get to that, where where can listeners, uh, well, where can they buy your book? Where can they connect with you yeah. on social media? Um, so social media is everything's online podcast. So obviously host the online podcast. I'll have I've had on you you on there. I think I don't know two or something times. I'll have yeah. you back when your book comes out for sure. Um, and then the book. This is before December twenty fourth, two thousand twenty. Then go to thealignbook.com and that'll have all the pre order information there. It's just you know type that in. Pre order is the first thing you'll see. Um, after that, you know it's wherever. You get books. Dope. So that's that's the thing. Do you, I mean, you know better than I do probably. Where are people supposed to buy books? Aren't bookstores a good thing or something like that? Or is Amazon good or bad? I don't actually even know. I mean, from the perspective of the author, it's wherever you buy the book is a good thing. But um, I always like to suggest to people to support their local bookshops. Like yeah. they're in person, they're, you know, like in their towns, wherever. Um, and of course, if they don't, you know, if a smaller bookshop doesn't happen happen to carry it, uh, then go to Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com. But think, I think... Do you think, is, is Amazon, like, is it an evil entity? I don't think so. Oh, good. Yeah, That's I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, I use Amazon all the time. Like, uh, you know, I, I order things, it's easy. Um, and truth be told, you get books. It's probably the, the cheapest place to get a, a new book. Right. You know, they, they're, they're more discounted on Amazon versus in store. You tend to pay MSRP. Um, which doesn't affect the author in any way. Like the author, from the standpoint of an author, you just want people to get the book. Yeah. Um, but I like to implore people to support their local bookshops. That's, cool. I think, a, a smart uh, way to approach that question. All right, that's my response then. Nice. Go out to a bookshop. Walk out to a bookshop. <laughs> expose your skin to sun while you're doing it. Breathe through your nose as you're doing it. And then if the book, hopefully it's not on the lower shelf, hopefully it's right in the front so you don't <laughs> need to lean over to grab it. But if it is, hinge those sweet cherry hips of yours as you lean down to grab the book 
off of the shelf. And then when you walk up to the register, I want you to look up at the ceiling, look out the windows, and relax your eyes. You can calm the freak down after a stressful day. Um, and then when you go home and read the book, read it on the ground, get a comfy rug. That's all. I'll stop talking. Love it. <laughs> oh, man, you've got some movie, some show references in here. Oh, dude, the books. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, I, it's ridiculous. There's all sorts of random little. I like that. Little I, things in there. I do that in, in, I do that in Genius Foods quite a bit, too. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, the last question that gets asked to everybody, I feel like I've asked it to you before, but I always like to see how people's answers change. Yeah. What does it mean to you to live a genius life? Mm. What I've found to be the most challenging and valuable thing is so uh, I think if I I contemplate death like um, like almost like a strange amount I don't know you seem like you contemplate death too I mean how regularly you contemplate death I have a lot over the past year yeah but your own though my own um I don't contemplate it that often okay i, I, think I contemplate it. death more more generally and the tragedy of it you yeah know, and how and i'm i'm more i'm more i don't how death is not a tragedy i mean i th- i don't if know if death is a tragedy is. then birth is a tragedy well it's two sides of the same coin it's hard for me to like reconcile losing people that we love you know to the great void. Well, this is turning into a n- whole nother podcast. And this is and this is and I, and I, <laughs> I, it, it, ups- it upsets upsets me more losing like other people, people that, that, that I love and that are loved and that are adding to the world yeah. than like my own death, you know, yeah. like that doesn't really scare me, but mm-hmm. you know, like losing my mom was horrible and yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's just a recycling? Do you think that, that death even exists? I don't know. Um, I mean, it definitely feels real. Yeah. You know, at a at a biochemical electrical level, you know, in the brain, in the heart, it feels real, but um but I know that it's part of the cycle. It's part of, you know, what I guess the Hindus call samsara, you know, like birth and death and rebirth and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking of, we got to wrap this up so I won't go long into this. I'm probably already I mean, we're well beyond what the initial question was, but I was thinking of uh the idea of reincarnation in the past to me reincarnation like scientifically made the most sense like you can't create or destroy matter like perhaps this like little lightning bolt of consciousness is similar it kind of goes up and kind of reforms shape and then becomes a puppy or a bunny or the king of somewhere um but then i was thinking of of you know like in a single this can of waterloo whatever sparkling water stuff apparently from what i've my understanding there's there's in that single bottle of water there's as many water molecules as there's ever been humans on the face of the earth Hmm. you know and so there's all these little micro and so we like as you're drinking that water you're getting you know the piss from abe lincoln and martin (laughs) luther king and queen cleopatra whatever you know so it's like we're always integrating we're always stirred up in this 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 soup it's always it's you know it's just it goes out and kind of fractals out and into the universe and so i kind of feel like in similarly as we're we're drinking the 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 piss of martin luther king inside this water i kind of have a a sensation that perhaps reincarnation and your consciousness it it goes out into the world and Mm. it's not so much one contained entity so max is eventually going to be little lucy and i don't know cambodia or something like that 
but it's more that it goes out into the whole world. And so therefore, um, you never really died. You never were really born. You know, you've always been connected with everything and it's just kind of this, yeah. this subtle circulation. I, that was a meander. You'll probably have to cut that out. That was meandering. No, <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. I think, I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. I think that we are little more than patterns. Yeah. You know, we're just like these, these narratives or patterns on loop, but you know, it's like, I think it's okay to miss the pattern sure. of somebody and to, and to lament. Well, the second it's not okay, it just will become the same thing we were talking about before. The moment that it's not okay to, to, to miss the pattern, it's not okay to cry or any of that stuff. Um, that's when it becomes toxic. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, all those feel like love all of them. Love the sadness and love the fear and love the disgust and just love everything. And then it kind of, it can, oh, it can all, we can all kind of get along. Everything kind of like, it loses pressure. Yeah. But the second that you, you know, if you go to like the, you know, the, the Bible Belt or the South and you look at like the, it's like people don't stop watching porn just because you say sex is bad. In fact, the opposite mm -hmm. happens and like, well, okay, well now we're really going to watch porn. We're not going <laughs> to just watch porn. We're going to watch weird porn. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you're from, right? Uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were from like the, the didn't you like grow up kind of super religious or something? Oh, or? Yeah. 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 Hence all the weird porn. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. On that note, <laughs> that's a great place to end. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for your time. And again, you guys, go pick up The Align Method. It's his brand new book. It's his first book. I'm super excited. Let's make it a success. And to all you guys out there in podcast land, thank you so much for your time and attention. I value you guys, as you know. Always share this episode of the show. I would really appreciate that. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.